it's currently Schrodinger's affair. It's both an affair and it's not because we don't know if the person's got the <laughs> Schrodinger's affair. I love I mean, that. I could have still said Schrodinger's box, really, couldn't I? <laughs> Welcome to the Media Week podcast, the podcast made for media people by media people. Don't worry, we're not your CEOs just yet. We're your common media folk in the weeds of the day to day. Each episode, we'll share opinions on hot topics in the media world, along with some bants to keep you going on a Friday afternoon. So who's in the room? It's me, your host, Harriet from Publicis, Jack from Craft. Hello, Harriet. Buki from Wavemaker. What's wrong now? <laughs> what have I done? You've had to ruin it already, Jack. What? Hello, Harriet. Well, I'm, gre- I'm greeting her. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> And Charlie from MIQ. Hi, Barbie. (laughs) In today's episode, we'll discuss the hype of Barbenheimer and discuss what this means for the future of cinema and media planning as a whole. But first... Media Week Awards. The shortlist will be announced on the 30th of August. Head to the website mediaweekawards.com for any award night details. Woo. If you want to hear our voice in live and see, you know, what editing has been done, you know, maybe that's the spot to see us there. Yeah, yeah you'll be see there. us in person. The VIP. <laughs> so I reckon we'll be on some sort of pedestal, <laughs> rotating platform. You, you're like a VIP. They just asked me to work the door. <laughs> I'm going to be checking tickets. I'm the VIP, bro. Oh, nice. Nice. Congratulations. In social... Against the backdrop of decreasing ad revenue, Twitter has rebranded to X. Yes, that's right. The iconic bluebird has flown the nest, replaced with a questionable logo, which looks like a tattoo you'd get on a lad's holiday in Magaluf. (laughs) As cited in Forbes, brands are vessels of meaning that provide a cognitive shortcut for people to make better decisions. And the semiotics of X are often used to symbolise death. So take that as you will. Wow. Eek. Are you not That's... going for like the X marks the spot for Eek. treasure? No, nah, like... she's going for X mark means death. X means death. That's, wow. That took a, a lot of a darker turn <laughs> than I was anticipating it to. But it is business as usual, according to Twitter's UK sales chief, as cited by campaign. But is it really business as usual? I suppose he would say that, though, wouldn't he? He's like, nothing to see here. Everything's fine. <laughs> he says with the, the kind of Elon Musk revolver at his, the small of his back. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I think the problem with this is obviously a man like Elon's been trying to make this happen for too long. I mean, big up to him for finally getting the X thing because he tried to do it with, was it PayPal mm-hmm. in like 2000 or whatever. Now he's done it here finally. So he's got his dream. But what does that actually mean for, you know, the artist formerly known as Twitter? We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. He got, he got SpaceX though. Yeah, SpaceX. Isn't there a Model X Tesla? Wrong, yeah, yeah, didn't they say Model, that like it all, spells, it all spells like sexy? Like, <laughs> oh, enough X's. Yeah, so like all his different companies, like one, something's got an S and then one's like a three, so it looks like an E right. and then X and then Y. So all together it spells sexy. Right? I feel I feel like Twitter and X gets a lot of airtime. Well, I'm just going to call it Twitter. I'm going to be like yeah. these people who called Snickers bars marathon bars for. Who did that? Um, Wait, wasn't that just what it was called back in the day? Yeah, That's yeah like exactly. what our forefathers. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying like our forefathers. Yeah, <laughs> well, Jack, it does get a little of airtime. So let's move on quickly. We've okay. got many news okay. flash okay. items to get Sorry. through. 
Within the AI landscape, according to The Drum, a women's football ad for Orange France rightfully gains the title of one of the best sports ads ever. Created by Publicist Group's AI platform, the viral advert successfully challenges people's perceptions and combats gender bias in sport and is also a fantastic example of creative uses for new technologies. Now, Buki, with a sports marketing background, what are your thoughts on the ad? Have you seen it? Can you describe it? And do you think it successfully does challenge people's perceptions? What I found quite interesting about it is I'm not actually sure any paid went behind it. I think they went full organic. And, full organic. Yeah, full organic. But yeah, so they literally kind of, they almost kind of leaked it and people started picking it up just because of how like shocking it was. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, essentially they've got like a sizzle reel of France men's football team. You've got man like Mbappe and everyone. I don't know any other French footballers. <laughs> and they're all doing really, really cool stuff. The commentators are like, this is amazing. What a goal. And the crowd's going wild and it's, it's sick. Um, Spoiler but alert. Just quickly, just oh, so yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Thank you, Charlie. We're doing spoiler alerts for ads now. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> my favorite. Right. Spoiler alert. And then basically, they then kind of like shift the screen back over it. And then it reveals that they're actually all women's French team players. And they just used AI to make them into the likes of Mbappe. And just to showcase how good the football actually is. So it was amazing. And everyone was rightfully shocked and just excited about it. And so, yeah, I think it's an interesting piece to understand the creativity and how that means you, maybe you don't have to always use paid, but I'm not trying to talk myself out of a job. Uh, and then also just to see a big sponsor like that backing women's sport. I think some research came out by the Women's Sport Trust that said that people are more likely to think positively about a brand that supports women's sport than men's sport and when that drops down to the 18 to 24 category then it's even higher I think it's like 42 percent wow I know so if you're really looking for perception change for your clients or your clients are really looking for that kind of thing you're almost better off supporting women's sport than men's sport obviously that's got high awareness and it has affinity with like elitism and success but if you actually want perception change that's where you might be better off spending your sponsorship dollars. I thought it was like a really powerful ad, really like strong message and like so much good out of it. But I couldn't help but be a little bit terrified by how convincing it was, like how much I was sold onto it. And then like as soon as you know about it, you're like, oh, Griezmann's face looks a little bit frozen there. Maybe actually like, but I was just watching it like, oh, the great goals and things like that. And obviously they are great goals, but like it is a bit scary where you're like, oh my God, how easily can I be tricked by this? How many you know deep fakes are there going to be? Of us. And I think we spoke about this a little bit on podcasts where we said, you know, the ability to use AI to create sort of some of that stuff. So it's it's quite interesting to see how quickly was this getting so much limelight, how much it will be adopted by the brands as I wonder well. if the men's team consented, like did Mbappe, because obviously Mbappe wasn't in that, but mm. did he consent to have his likeness used via AI? I wonder how that works, what the laws are. I don't know. It's for good, right? Yeah. So um, we digress, I think though, he'd, but... he'd be... You know, he'd be naughty not to consent. Anyway. <laughs> be naughty not to consent. Are you going to go and tell, tell him off? Yes, I say, Mappe. Mm, mm, <laughs> I don't agree with your lack of consent towards this advert for good. That's anyway, so moving on. In the connected TV landscape, referenced by eMarketer this week, connected TV ad spending on YouTube is much further ahead than other streaming competitors. It was cited in a report that spending has increased by 31% versus the likes of Netflix at just 6% growth. CTV is a lucrative market and one of the strongest ad spending sectors this year. 
eMarketer forecasts that YouTube is bringing in about $2.89 billion of CT ad spending in the US, second only to Hulu. So that's pretty big. The thing about YouTube is... It's massive. There's a rant like, coming in. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It, I, I, you guys can't um, see, but his arms are crossed. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's a really integral kind of media channel, really important, and we plan it for a lot of clients. But the recent sort of proliferation of, like, the mid-roll, like, just kind of jarringly in the middle of content really raises questions over the quality of that inventory because it's like yeah it's fine and we compare it to you know the likes of itvx and all four and and what have you but it just feels like a little bit mickey mouse when you're sort of trying to watch so the other day i was sat in the living room watching netball world cup highlights with my wife and then you know just suddenly out of nowhere it's like anna is an ad for 15 seconds and it's like that's fine because you get breaks in normal programming but it's just like bang out of nowhere and it just it's kind of jarring. The experience is a little bit cheapened, I think. That certainly is more of what we've seen on YouTube. I think this point's quite interesting in terms of like the CTV like growth of it. I think mm. what we're actually seeing is more, I think main sort of fuel behind this trend is the fact that like people are naturally watching more and more YouTube on CTV. Like it's such an easy platform now with the the app being there. It's so easy to just why watch it on your phone when actually you could just watch it on that big screen. And I think one thing that would be interesting is there's still lots of how people engage with much of their YouTube is often, you know, putting music on in the background or leaving, you know, a kid's show just put them in front of the screen. So it should be interesting to know sort of about attention, though it's on the big screen, actually, can we start using sort of attention partners to say how engaged people actually are with that big screen content versus something like if you put Netflix on the big screen, you're watching it, whereas YouTube might be, you know, how to cut an onion really easily i'm i'm <laughs> I was, I, i'm so glad you said about the music videos thing because i've been in uh, pcas and stuff before where people go oh my god the view through rate on vivo is amazing it's like yeah because they weren't watching it it was just on in the <laughs> background you might as well be airing radio ads uh, the thing is i sound like i'm being a massive debbie downer about youtube and it's like it's got loads of uses and it's really powerful and we do, it is an important media channel but there's some quality concerns. I'm worried the Google suits are going to turn up and like kidnap me in the middle of the night now. I think what we really need is if they're going to do this, because I think on this point, when you're watching TV, if there is an ad break, they've engineered that. They found a moment where the ad break works on YouTube. I feel like they're not even trying to use AI to work out when there's some downtime. Like, why are you cutting mid-word? Like, the guy's still talking and you've cut it. <laughs> like, you know? So a bit of quality control and we could be onto a winner. Also, the younger lot don't even remember what it was like before. So they won't mind. We mind because we knew a days when you'd watch a pre-roll and like an end roll. So now we mind. You'd throw in like three or four mid-rolls in. But the younger lot, they'll never know. In cinema, based on seven-day Comscore figures, the box office is booming. A week in July was recorded as one of the best ever for the UK and Ireland box office. Referenced in Yahoo, there was £66 million clocked from all movies between the 21st and the 27th of July. Any guesses what may have prompted this boom? Of course, it's the Barbie and Oppenheimer phenomenon, with some on LinkedIn referring to it as the cultural frenzy Barbenheimer. According to Variety, Warner Brothers reportedly spent $150 million of marketing for the Barbie movie. It would be amiss not to mention some of the fantastic efforts from those across the industry that have kind of supported the Barbie movement. PhD and Kinetic with a fab out of home campaign. Did anyone see that? I did. Yep, just making making everything pink. Yeah. Snapchat <laughs> uh, partnered with Warner Brothers with an AR campaign. So they transformed uh, iconic locations in London. And I think they 
got, you know, Barbie outfits on. <laughs> a media first partnership with Boots UK and Warner Brothers for Essence Mediacom, along with many more. So there's been an awful lot of hype across the industry on this. And based on the latest figures, I think we can make the assumption that it may or may not have prompted the return of cinema. An article in Campaign actually suggested that this could reignite advertiser interest in the medium. And according to Marketing Week, cinema spend is expected to be up by 20.8% this year, which is obviously considerable. So, you know, what does that actually mean for us? Are we putting cinema on our plans? Are our clients interested in cinema since the Barbie hype? Go on, books. Well, I'll start because I reckon you have a. You have you have seen a, it? I haven't seen it, but I've You've seen, seen the advertising. Oh, right. seen well, the yeah, advertising. Every, everyone's seen it. I the think the main, the main thing for cinema here, I think it was to show how like integral it can be to an integrated campaign. I think previously it has been quite standalone sometimes or maybe just, I'm not even going to lie. Has anyone planned cinema? Yeah. You, yeah. you plan cinema. How does that go? What do you mean? How does it go? Like, is it is it very well integrated with the rest of your plans? Because I'm a digital planner by trade. Yeah, but it's integrated in the sense that, yeah, it runs the same creative as what's going on your you know, connected TV, for example. Yeah. But you don't you don't necessarily need to link it to other things. It's like if you've got a really strong piece of creative work, it's gonna look better if it's enormous and if it's okay. got great sound design, then that's gonna sound better on like the Dolby. Whatever, it's the quality of impact that you get with cinema that's really strong. See, but that's what I liked. I liked that they extended it. They really added it to other different mediums from experiential to digital to partnerships. The whole lot was catered for. And I think they reap the benefits of that. Honestly, right now, if I see someone wearing pink, I'm assuming you're going to see Barbie or you've seen Barbie. Like they've reclaimed the colour pink because of the way that they took this from all angles. Who'd they claimed it from? Everyone. <laughs> Honestly, someone just turned up in the office wearing pink yesterday. I said, are you watching Barbie tonight? Huh? No, I'm just wearing a pink summer dress. So that's Barbie. <laughs> what do we think it's done for cinema as a media channel and, and for us day to day? Do you think it has brought cinema back? Do you think it's topic of conversation with clients at the moment? I think certainly for speaking to some people over like Pearl and Dean and things like that, that they've gone from, you know, Often, you know, spots won't necessarily sort of sell out and things like that, but they're looking ahead to the rest of the slate. I mean, this was always touted like as a big year for cinema, but they're looking at ahead to the slate, things like Wonka, June 2, like have already sold out of the premium spots. Like these spots are called like the best spots of media because again, you're sat there just before the sin, like the show comes on. But it's the gold spot. Yeah, the gold spot. Yeah. And so they've already, they've already sold out on those. And I think suddenly it's going from rather than, oh, we'll add a bit of cinema onto this. You know, if we've got some spare budget or the first thing to go, people are thinking, how can we make sure this is a real big cultural moment? How can we be part of that and be really present in that? Because... I mean, appearing around Barbie at the moment, like gives you such a strong leverage at such a big, I went to see Barbie and what was your experience like? You think back to what you probably saw before it, the excitement that you had, the ads that you saw within that spot. Yeah. I mean, it's done wonders for like the way that people are perceiving the channel because about a year ago, I was sat in a room with a client who told me that no one goes to the cinema anymore because of Netflix. And that was one of those sort of moments where I'm like, don't actually put your head in your hands, Jack. Just sort of, you know, play it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to disagree with you there for like a number of reasons. Now, I think you've got way more people kind of taking it a little bit more seriously and actually consideration for it has boosted. But actually, if you then think about like one of the other major trends within what we do at the moment is like attention. And it's one of the highest attention forms of video advertising that you can run. Because if you've got a really compelling piece of creative work, it's going to be really hard to kind of take your eyes off it. If it's Minimal if second it's, screening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
you know, you can never get signal in the cinema, can you? So ever they got blockers. If you're second screening in the cinema, you know there's a special yeah, place, special plus, place in hell for you. And that dude's gonna come down, tell you to put your phone away in his high vis. So nah, that's That'd be me. Well, gonna say it's Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it will be interesting to see, kind of at the end of the year, how cinema has grown and whether this has kind of started the change of reinventing mm. cinema once again are you having like yeah i guess comes back to that sort of point have clients now suddenly sort of panicking and saying oh we didn't put cinema on our plans like are you seeing that more like with brands from a planning perspective i mean we i recently planned it for the clients formula e the race has just happened in london and we had a really cinematic piece of creative and we were like this has to go on the big screen because it looks awesome also we did that basically because the Mission Impossible Fallout poster is looks exactly like our ad. So we were like, contextually, it made a lot of sense. But yeah, like I'll always put it forward for clients when it's right. Absolutely. It has done wonders for cinema, as obviously Jack and Charlie have mentioned. But I think what it's also done wonders for are the benefits of sponsorships and partnerships. I think where people are obviously, you know, putting cinema back on the plan, but people have also just partnered with the film and partnered with them in different ways and then activated that and extended that through social channels and other bits and pieces. I think that's another thing that's massively on the rise in the realm of like content. So content as media, you know, it continues to proliferate. I think that's going to be another major one in this space. Oh, that's great. Our concluding thought then, money well spent. <laughs> yeah, especially by Oppenheimer, who didn't spend anywhere near as much, but absolutely jumped on that hype. If you take away like, okay, we talk about cinema, it's great for that. And yes, there have been loads of really good partnerships. But actually, if you look at the comms planning from the Barbie marketing team, it's so smart because it uses, like we always talk about like shapes of comms when we plan and like, you know, one of those shapes is kind of like we call them tribal bubbles, where you can basically you start seeding certain things out with different communities beforehand. And they were really smart about just kind of putting a little bit out, seeing what the response to it was, and then sort of, you know, reacting to that rather than going, right, here's the plan and just sort of getting the roller out and painting in the media. They went, right, let's do a little bit here and we'll see what the response to it was. And obviously then they saw that things were really starting to kind of catch on. And then eventually that got to the point where Barbenheimer, the, the phrase became a thing. And then they'd like lent into that as well with all the memes. So... I just really liked how that they were being really agile with how they were planning. Obviously, they've got loads. If, you, if you've got 150 million, that does help things. Gorgeous. Uh, oh, man. Gorgeous. What I could do with 150 million in media. <laughs> but like, it, you know, you combine that with all the collabs. It's just, yeah, really, really smart comms planning and like listening to actually what audience are doing in response that I really liked. I think one other thing that I sort of heard from having a few chats was like having a really strong sort of like female led show like was really powerful like such a good opportunity i don't know how much sort of high quality films there's been like that have been a real sort of female first audience necessarily and a really good opportunity for so many brands like you know from hair products to beauty products everything like that to sort of jump on and actually people who from again speaking to someone at Pernod and kim like there was a lot of brands who wouldn't normally get involved with cinema normally it's you know the big sort of big tech brands and things like that but these brands saw it's a really good opportunity to actually take this cultural moment and really actually tie themselves to barbie i guess with it naturally being that but also still get the accreditation of it being 
I guess, a woke version of Barbie rather than normally associating myself with Barbie would probably get a lot of backlash. Yeah. What's the unwoke version? Was it like, what is it just Barbie? Though? Well, it was. The- I ha- we, haven't, we haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, I think there's nods to the LGBTQ plus um, community. Oh, there's, right, right. No, you know, right. there's other, other there, races involved. Disabled? Yeah, there might be, you so know. So woke is what, like, different the right ability- way to call it. Yeah, that's what the yeah, that's why, what. Hence why Ben Shapiro was losing his shit on YouTube. Yeah. Right? So that's Barbie. And what, the end of what, that. Oppenheimer. Oh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> and Oppenheimer was good. <laughs> yeah. well, they, they, so yeah. that was Barbie, that was Oppenheimer, and that was cinema. We're wrapping it up now. Um, we obviously don't need to put that bit in there. <laughs> Please put that bit in there. I love that. Angry Harriet. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Stop I'm not. Cracking the whip <laughs> Jack. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Hello. Media and on. We got some nice ones. We got some quite tasty ones. So I don't know if anyone went to the IAAs recently. Well, yes, you and I did. Yeah, we are, me and you. <laughs> you know, we're just checking about the boys. No. I'm, I'm not convinced the IAAs is a real thing. I think you made it up to make me feel like <laughs> I was left out. No, I went to the IAAs. So when I seen this one come through, I was very excited to see that, you know, media life is still happening. You know, people are still doing scandalous things in the industry. Not so, us, mate. Not I us, say. obviously, no, definitely oh, this not is us. distinctly scandal-free room. Yeah, oh, yeah, we are scandal-free. We were just on the dance floor, Buki was in a black dress, he all suave. <laughs> yeah, we look good, to be fair, we look good. Hang on, so all three of you were at the IAAs? Uh, I was not. You weren't? We oh, spoke okay. to Charlie's so colleague, Charlie. though. <laughs> yeah, anyway, sorry, back to the problems. We need to help the people, guys. Okay. So... I went to the summer IAAs this year and I can't lie, it was unreal. I connected with an old supplier I haven't seen in years and we ended up hooking up. But last I remember, which was a while ago, that was in brackets, she had a boyfriend. I can't really remember, but I do feel like a bit of a sneak because maybe I knew that, but maybe they broke up during the Rona dot 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 question mark. What? It's a lot what? to unpack in there. Just, hang on. So so they've gone to the IAs, got pissed, got with someone. They don't know if they were free or not. But last they remember, they weren't free. The last conversation they had on the point, they weren't free. They haven't spoken on the point since. Isn't it on the person with the partner, though, over Yeah, 100%. Him? They, the well, the person with the partner shouldn't have let it get to that point, would be my... If they, it's, it's currently Schrodinger's affair. It's both an affair and it's not, because we don't know if the person's got the... Schrodinger's <laughs> <laughs> <it's> affair. <laughs> I would say to You're said funny. person, I mean, it's done now, don't worry about it. I love I mean, that. I could have still said Schrodinger's box, really, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, I think Schrodinger's affair is the right option. But I think this is a really good opportunity. You potentially got leverage there over this person that you can utilise. partner as well. Yeah. Yeah. such yeah. negotiator. Oh, Those CPMs come in. Oh. Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, hmm, I seem to remember you having this wonderful kiss we had. But actually, you know, I've been thinking about these rates and I think my client deserves more value. Mm-hmm. You're saying that you're not above blackmail in this situation. So we're going to add cheating and blackmail. What a cocktail. Well, yeah, I think you've got to try and, yeah, one one, one hand wash to the other. As long as you're both into it, then you're locked in to the trust, the trust arc that we've got there. But, oh, damn. Like, the power dynamics of having you as a media must be... <laughs> It's not blackmail. It's just an ask to review your rates again, actually, if they reflect the best deal you can offer. Yes, in the current situation. What's what's our recommendation for it then? You, you don't need to feel bad. Yeah, and don't. blackmail them. Blackmail them, yeah. Award ceremony. Try, try and make a pass at your media owners who have a have a partner and see if you can get better rates. 
So I don't endorse this message. No, me neither. <laughs> okay. What else we got in the? So what have we got? Uh, everyone, everyone's got you know kind of like love life issues. So. We're always here to help, so keep sending them in because I'm enjoying these. Well, it's quite a baffling. I mean, thank you for sending in your problems, but like, it's <laughs> baffling as to us. why we want, why you want our advice on them. Oh, so, it, does this one have anything to do with media? Kind of. Okay, we'll go with that. So the first one did. It was IAA. So that's media. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, CPM, this one. Well. So. My workplace strongly encourages people to have overviews and shadow in other departments that they're interested in learning about or working in. I like that. Nice. I like that. That's yeah. nice. Good. I had someone shadowing me for a few weeks. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and then we had a vacancy go live in that time, which she has applied for. However, I noticed during her time shadowing me, she was getting more and more flirty with me. And now I don't feel comfortable hiring her, even though she is a good fit for the role. P.S. I am not, in capital N-O-T, interested in her in any way and I'm in a long-term committed relationship. I would like to ask the question, is there anyone else that could fit that role? But if she's a good fit for the role and she can do the job... Mm, yeah, I that's... think it's pretty harsh. I mean, like, if someone's good at their job and has fulfilled all that stuff, like, could this flirty behaviour... I mean, it could be that this person actually has no interest in them whatsoever. And, like, if they're in a relationship, just because there's a little bit of chemistry doesn't mean that something has to act on it. I don't see why well, you... seem really they... defensive, Charlie. You know, but the specific wording in that was that it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're okay, uncomfortable and then you're hiring someone into the team that you're already a bit like, mm, this is then that, to me, is not the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, but also it's like, you wonder what's that, have they actually made a pass? Like, presumably they have, they're making them feel uncomfortable. But I mean, Charlie flirts with me all the time and, and, and <laughs> I still I still speak to him. And you're uncomfortable. And, and, I'm, I, and I'm married. <laughs> no, I'm deeply comfortable. So, yeah. the, the sensible answer I, or the sensible advice would be that, Obviously, if it's the right fit and this is really just being harmless flirting, then he needs to have a transparent or he or she or they needs to have a transparent conversation and say, I'd like you to join the team. I think you've proven yourself, but I want to make sure that this is a platonic and no mess relationship, Ooh, working you've relationship. You've done this before. <laughs> this, this is like an insight into like you actually and you're like, I'm important running the team. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, authority. She's broken, broken so many hearts. I'll just be there I'd like, wow, you got in the most. Okay. But I think flag it. Flag it. Just make sure everyone's aware. So I think you're right. Because if they are the right fit, it feels unfair to deny them a spot in a team where they would do the job very well just because, you know, they're just a bit touchy-feely in any business. Okay, touchy-feely might be a different... <laughs> yeah, touchy-feely. Don't be touchy-feely. Yeah. All right, well, I'm glad we were able to deal with some some very media-related problems. We, we are great at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wraps up everything for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it's quite weird the fact that there are actually quite a lot of people listening which is great so thank you please smash the subscribe button the follow button the stalk See, button it's hard, whatever it, it is um yes it is it is quite hard please smash the subscribe Stop button. smash bro <laughs> smash bro <laughs> literally two please, times please gently press the follow button the subscribe button whatever button it is wherever you get your podcasts and if you'd like to submit a media or non please use the link in the show notes.